TFS episode number 104. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. There we go. And Happy New Year to everyone listening. It's, uh, it promises to be a, yet another good year in, in TFS land, so it's exciting stuff. <laughs> and VSTS land. VSTS yeah. land. Sorry, yeah. Well, you know, we're Radio <laughs> TFS, not Radio VSTS. That is true. That is true. Though there is a, a, a rumor that even the TFS nomenclature may change sometime in the future i don't believe it when we'd have to rename the command line and that 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 got a lot you know the tf command line that's never gonna right happen. so no yeah. keep with it as it is it's fine yeah yeah that, that, that's, that's what that's got my I'm vote hoping. i don't have to change the name of the podcast <laughs> Cool. So, so how were the holidays with you, my friend? Yeah, very good. It feels like a long time ago now, obviously, because I've been back at work yeah. like four days. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. How about yourself? Do you have a good Christmas with the family? It was good. It was good. Like we're saying pre-show, you know, uh, holidays without the police is a holiday to remember. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was good, nice, and quiet. Way forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Santa bring you anything good? Anything cool and exciting? Oh, yeah, actually. Um, wow. Where do I start? So um, got some, I don't, it sounds weird, but got some good strong magnets. Got lots of Star Wars, <laughs> got some, uh, lots of Star Wars-y um, type stuff as well. And um, no, it was it was very good. It was just nice and relaxing. And the kids got some good toys. I'll tell you what, my, um, Santa brought my eldest, actually. He's into like doing a bit of YouTube and things and um, mm-hmm. likes to, you know, the my youngest watches a lot of these YouTube gameplay videos and my eldest was getting into creating some of them but he wanted right. to record be record from the ipad as well as re- record from the computer and the xbox and stuff so i got him well no sorry santa got him it was santa that bought this <laughs> one a hdmi um uh capture uh huh. device so rather than a hdmi capture card for a pc which obviously would be you know a very complicated setup it's um right. a box that's a hdmi capture thing with a hard drive in it and you have to bring you have to plug your own hard drive in it doesn't come with one you know it comes right. it, you can record to either an inbuilt hard drive or a usb um yeah and so it, it records any hdmi signal which is pretty awesome and then i started thinking this is just perfect for um you know because doing when I, I used to run a lot of community events and I still do the odd, you know, I, I speak at a lot of them, but, you know, when, when we were doing the user groups and things like that. Um, right. And we always wanted to be able to record sessions, you know, so we could post them on YouTube or whatever. Um, it, but it was always such a pain because it was just really painful. Um, and right. you used to try and get the presenter to run Camtasia or Windows Media Encoder and encode it, you know, while they're doing the demo. But half the time, you know, a lot of our demos are pretty processor intensive anyway because you're doing, you know, you've got, you're running VMs and you're compiling and trying to do Windows Media Encoder on top of that on a laptop usually ended badly. So we never yeah. did. And just getting the software installed as well was always a pain because, you know, getting the, getting the projector working was hard enough. Never mind. <laughs> so but this would be perfect now that um nearly every like nearly every laptop getting a digital signal out getting a hdmi signal out is actually usually easier than getting a vga mm-hmm. signal nowadays and provided you have a projector that projects vga which um as long as you you know say you bring your own then that can happen um if you that you could have a hdmi um recorder in uh, the recorder acts as a pass-through but what i would probably do is have a splitter and get it to so that it never got in the way of the projector signal again because these projectors can be quite fiddly so just split right. the hdmi signal off you can record it directly to this box the video you can also plug um the microphone input into the audio box because it's got it it can record from a microphone as on top of the hdmi computer audio um nice. 
So yeah, you've got basically a box record, like you know, and then obviously the HDMI switches, you know, like four inputs, one output. They're super mm-hmm. cheap now. You can get them for like twenty bucks off Amazon, and they're really small. And if you combine that with this DVI, you know, this HDMI recorder and a splitter, you've got basically for say two hundred dollars, you've got a kit that can that's got four HDMI inputs, you know, projecting to the projector, doing recording, and that's basically the same setup we have at TechEd, you know. At a tier one conference where you've got all the fan which costs you know thousands of, of you know the equipment we use backstage there is thousands of dollars worth of equipment so yeah i was thinking this would be great actually i might i'm thinking about getting myself one to play with and you know doing it for recording events and things so yeah anyway there we go so there's a top tip. The, i know we have lots of listeners who run user groups so that's what i think would be good that's a great and and there's no like copyright potential because that's uh, a signal sent along the hdmi so if you try to use that capture with copyrighted materials it won't work right yeah well the box is hdcpei or whatever is compliant got it yeah if yeah, you yeah. To try prey protected media it would actually not work now you can buy splitters that will let the 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 like that take the, the strip the HDCM or whatever it is the copy protection right. off, um, which you might need, to, you know, which yeah, you don't want to, do that, <laughs> but you might no. you might need to do because sometimes it, it you know depends what you depends what you're trying to demo. If that's what's going wrong, then it might be because of that. But no, the box <laughs> itself, out the box, it doesn't record protected you know, material right. that's classed as protected. So if you try to play a DVD or a Blu-ray, then it wouldn't actually record it. So um, you can get around that if you really need to. Cool. I wouldn't recommend that. So there you go. That was that was, right. that was a longer side. Sorry. <laughs> that's a great tip though yeah okay. uh do you have the link for that i will product? i will put it in the show notes as we're as we're doing the show and then we'll we'll include it yep awesome because i found it after sam bought it obviously because i wanted to buy myself one. <laughs> great so what's news yeah well gosh i mean you know while we've been uh while we've been busy eating mince pies do you have mince pies in america by the way is that a thing uh no, no. you know what that about. i'm aware of at least not the <laughs> west coast yeah there we go well well, uh, well we over in england have been eating mince pies and you guys have been doing whatever it is you do eating leftover what do you do what do you eat apart from turkey on it really depends you know uh ham is a pretty traditional christmas thing well eating chocolate and stuff it then. Really How about oh, of course chocolate chocolate and fudge yeah, my yeah. dad makes this have i ever told you about my dad's fudge no oh, my dad makes this absolutely outstanding fudge every year fluffy's fabulous fudge uh because my dad's nickname is fluffy and because he's not fat, he's fluffy. Ah. So fluffy stuff is fudge, and he makes this fudge. And this basically is what actually keeps me employed because I bring it to work every year. And it's kind of like, you know, you get the first one free. Yeah. But, you know, it's the, the second and third one. Yes, it's definitely chocolate crack. So um, it was, we were having that. And that's going to be my first million-dollar business. <laughs> Setting that thing up, you know, franchising it, pop-up carts. It'll be like performance art. We'll do 3D printing with the fudge. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, there we go. Sorry. But, yeah, so while we've been busy eating fudge and mince pies, the um, the TE team, were my old team, were cranking over the Christmas break, and they've actually shipped a new version of Team Explorer Everywhere. Um, and it's got some cool little things in it. Um, it's still available, you know, at the usual download sites where you download it from. But the main one is support for Eclipse Mars, which is the latest version of Eclipse. So that's 451, which means that um, – they you know they've got support you can you know support basically every version of eclipse based ides you care about um is working still and um the major thing that they add in terms of feature wise is you know we added support for um team projects that had both git and tfvc repositories well um with that was 
previously it kind of connected either or is how it kind of worked um but now it supports both so there is a way of getting it working with the older version anyway on which we've kind of talked about before where you manually clone the git repository down but now now team explorer supports it just like it does in visual studio so um you can have team projects that have tfvc and git support and there's a there's a bunch of other little stuff in there as well um but yeah the, you know especially around performance and things they've been doing a lot of performance work and probably deleting any of my code that was still remaining so um yeah all good so well done to the team for getting that released in uh, like 6th of january that was released that's crazy these these guys never rest <laughs> um other news we, we talked about uh 2015 update one mm. release and the, the cool extensions that are available and update one in some cases broke the extensions so um willie p uh alm ranger guy i recently posted a uh, a uh how to fix it from neil zeman and he's got uh willie in his post has a number of pictures on it and it's a little bit there's a few tweakings and things that, that you have to do it's not hard but it's one of those you know now that you see it it's not hard but trying to figure it out yourself it'll just make your head explode so uh willie peter talked about that shows you how to resolve that and also uh graham Graham Pemberry. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you for your email, Graham. Uh, also posted about this, and he sent that link along. And his post is less pictures, much more concise, but it also makes it look really easy. It's just like you have to do this replace and then change a reference and update the manifest XML, and then you're done. So uh, cool. both of those posts, if you're doing TFS 2015 update one, and you are trying to do uh, the extensions and you're having no problems with it, check out these two posts. Awesome. Um, so some other posts worth checking out. Jeff Brownwell has been blogging up a storm over the holidays. Um, <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah. And he's done a great series um, around the uh, TFS API stuff or the STS APIs. But um, the series starts uh, when talking about a thing called a personal access token. Had you come across these before, Greg, or not? I've, you know, we've he- I've heard about them before. I think we've talked about them like a thousand yeah, years Martin ago. Yeah, Martin Hinshelwood was like, like a- kind of init- was- yeah, Martin originally kind of mentioned them in passing. Yeah, and he had a tool that you could use exactly to create. Yep kind of the precursor to these they weren't they're not mm-hmm. actually the same thing believe it or not but it's like kind of the precursor to these well now that nowadays there's ui in vsts for for personal access tokens and what a what a personal access token is is basically um you can think of it as uh, as a key it's, it's the credentials that, are, that are, are, are tied to you but you govern what those credentials can do so you can mm-hmm. you can um, it's a secret you know it's a set of credentials and you can say hey this just has access to read a bunch of stuff or this has access to actually do you know um, yeah do lots of stuff and you can kind of think of it a bit similar you know how you can control an app when it's talking to Facebook and you can control the permissions that it has right this is kind uh-huh. of a similar thing you you completely control um a how long the token lasts and b um what it can do and some of the some of the there is apis for creating access tokens as well and that's actually how things like the build agents and stuff get connected up they they you use your credentials and then they use your credentials to get an access token to be able to talk to the server you know and that sort of mm-hmm. thing so anyway you can go in to jeff's got a good series shows you how to create one of those and, and and manipulate all the tokens i actually hadn't seen this written up before um so it's a great post um to explain it all 
and um, you create, a, you get a string, and it's it's also similar to um, you know kind of those long strings you see when you're talking to Azure blob storage and things, and you want this you know the key. It's kind of right. sort of thing there, and then you can use that in the place of a credential um, when you're using say the command line to talk to um, TFS or to talk mm-hmm. to VSTS. Sorry, you can use the credential there, or or um, uh, you can also use it when you're calling the APIs. And Jeff again gives you some examples of um, how to call the the, AP, the REST APIs in VSTS. And what, what he's using my favorite tool. Using my favorite tool, Fiddler. Yeah, Fiddler's you know, awesome. Fiddler. Now, I actually used to, in the back in the day when we did all the reverse engineering for Team Prize, mm-hmm. used to use Wireshark, which is um, you know wire level. Yeah. Uh, whereas Fiddler um, acts as a, a, tra- a pro- proxy server. The advantage mm-hmm. of um, using Fiddler, there's two two advantages to using Fiddler. One, it can do a man in the middle attack on SSL, and basically, <laughs> I mean, it, it tells you what to do it. <laughs> But it it, uh, yes. it it installs a uh, an SSL root, a trusted root certificate, and then uh-huh. you're connecting to an SSL site like you always do when you're doing API stuff with VSTS. Um, right. It'll uh, it'll intercept that and actually be able to give you the the results in the clear because it, it's the thing that talks to the server over SSL and then it converts it and then gives you a different signed version of that back into the client. So anyway, so it can do it can show you that and it can also um, work probably nobody in the world has this apart from the military and microsoft but um microsoft have always been very suspicious about people on their network you know so we we use ipsec on our on our internal network in microsoft so that if any any agency may be trying to you know sneak a listen into our internal network then all this is encrypted data flying around and um so again Wireshark's useless with uh, IPsec because all you see is the encrypted data flying around, and that's not much use to you. But but because Fiddler's acting as a as a proxy server, it can actually give you that data. So Jeff shows you how to um, get the APIs and um, you know watch Visual Studio talking to VSTS using the REST APIs. Top tip for you: you can also watch the web browser um, talking to uh, the APIs in VSTS is one way of doing it. And if you fire up um, in Google Chrome. Uh, let me just figure out what it's called. Hang on a second. More tools. Uh, I want to go to my home page. I'm going to get this done quickly so I can and I go to apps. Sorry, I'm doing this live. And I'll put a link <laughs> into the show notes. Well, there is an app inside of Chrome, Advanced REST Client. There we go. And I'll, I'll uh, make sure we do a link to this. Um, and you can actually use the Advanced REST Client inside of Chrome, and which is a, it's a plugin to Chrome. And it can do all your gets and posts, and you know allow you to to call SOAP APIs as well as JSON APIs, and just you know play with APIs, which is quite cool. Um, right. One of the things that Jeff doesn't mention in his post, he shows about how you can inter- how you can use the documented APIs, which is what obviously what you want to use, uh, but how you can intercept using Fiddler, you know Visual Studio and and the web browser, how you can intercept them using those APIs to do all the stuff it does, but um, you can all of the API supports what's known as the options verb. So you know HTTP has uh, get and put, you know get and post as verbs. 
Um, right. It also has several others like head, um, which is, you know, has this change. Give me the headers for it. And options, which one is hardly ever used, but it's actually used in a lot of uh, REST APIs. Um, and if you do an options on an API endpoint, the response actually tells you which APIs are available and how to call them. So you can you can use that to go spelunking and discovering a lot of the APIs that maybe aren't, aren't actually documented yet. Now, if you were to do that, the, docu- the APIs might well change. But uh, <laughs> but but hey, uh, if if you want to go, you know, you want to go playing with that options o- option in in when you're doing some HTTP requests, you might find some something interesting, some good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he actually talks about that in that last post. Oh, just see, there we go in discovering. There, we are. okay. Yep, there are like 281 options. So yeah. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's doing it by okay, but yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, I show you the the, um, the, the, the the I'll put a link into the advanced dress client tool because that's a much easier UI to actually <laughs> than looking in fiddler traces and things. So cool. I don't be saying bad things about Fiddler, man. Oh, Fiddler's awesome. I'm not nothing bad to say about Fiddler. I quite like to see it. Yeah, quite like to see it. You know. Anyway, anyway, let's not let's not do it. <laughs> so another one of my favorite topics is the uh, formerly known as a BKVM or the ALM. Visual machine, uh, virtual machine yep. uh, that's available and has been uh, getting a nice set of updates is <sighs> Word You Gosh. Grush. Oh, here we go. Is it the Greg trying to pronounce the name thing? Yeah. Word You Gosh. Oh, yep. There we go. Gosh. I want to, I want Gosh is my last name. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. But um, nice, sweet, short. Uh, eight-step post on how to take that TFS 2015 VM and move it to Azure as an image and then create a machine from it. it it's n- not hard at all, which is really, I think the hardest part is downloading it. That's going to take you longer probably yeah. than it is to uh, get it up there and turn a machine, turn it into a machine. And it's pretty much like all GUI. You download it, you get the cool Azure Storage Explorer from CodePlex, uh, run this that PowerShell command. It's going to be there in your thing. You got the image, create a VM from it, you're done. Cool. That's all. Definitely. Yeah. No, it's, um, and it's always good to have it downloaded. And, you know, when you want to practice things like doing, um, you know, just practice stuff non-destructively, you can just download that, do some things and then go, oh, yeah, I've got it. And then off you go again. So, yeah, always make sure you have that. Um, and I haven't, has he updated it to 20 uh, to update one? He has, right? I guess I should go look real quick. The link is right here. I'm sure he's updated it. Right, uh, hands on. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. Let's see. It doesn't say so. It looks like it's not yet update one. So that's actually another good example of get the VM. If, you, if you're running 2015 and you want to see the impact of update one, grab the VM and then you can apply it. There we go. Cool. Sorry. Here. <laughs> yep, yep, there we go. Um, hey, uh, so speaking of update one, there was quite a lot of stuff done in the build server in update one. And, and Ben Day did a good blog post um, just taking you through the process of creating a new build server in TFS 2015, you know, the new XAML build servers. Right. Um, so, and he just goes through, and uh, at, the, at the time of recording, some of these images are broke, so we're going to give drop Ben a line now, and hopefully it'll be fixed by the time you're clicking on the show notes to take a look at it. But no, it's awesome. A uh, really good blog post. Just It's just nice when people do these ones that just capture it, you know, very concisely. 
Um, and you can just quickly read through it and go, oh, yeah, that's easy. There's no no mysteries there. So basically download the zip file and run it and run the run, run the PowerShell script. So it's awesome. Right. And if you've done earlier TFS build agents, yeah. yeah, you definitely want to look at this because this is it's very so much nicer. So much yeah, easier. It's, but it's, it's different, but it's it's just easy. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it keeps itself up to date, as we found out, which I was like, I could have given Chris a big kiss for when he told me that. I nearly did over the phone. There we go. <laughs> Nothing like giving somebody a kiss over the phone. Yeah. Um, so when you're doing these build tasks, one of the things we've talked about and our guests have talked about before is, you know, PowerShell can be your friend. Mm. So trying to – here's the toast. Donovan Brown. Here's the toast. He's been blogging up post. a storm, Donovan, hasn't he? Do you want yes, – should we try and get him on? Should we go join him on the show? Do you want Donovan on? Uh, we should. Next show is already scheduled. Okay. We have um, Jesse Howing is going awesome. to be on. He's going to talk to us about TFS Aggregator 2. Awesome. So he's already lined up for the yeah, 21st. Yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll ping Donovan. But yeah, uh, we'll definitely – And he was the highlight of uh, of Connect for me as well. His, his, his demos at Connect were brilliant. So, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> so his post – is uh, test VSTS build tasks written in PowerShell with PowerShell tools for Visual Studio 2015. It's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Pretty much just how do you test these PowerShell scripts that you create for build? And it gives you a number of different tips and a number of different snips uh, on how to test those things without actually necessarily running the build itself. Cool. No, he's definitely blogging up a storm. Hey, and, and Darcy Lucia has been doing some good blogging too. So... Darcy, I mean, he's blogged, blogged about this. Now, tell me the story. I'm going to – I hate – all you people who are actually, like, in the know are going to, like, kick me and wondering what I'm thinking. But what is Octopus? Uh, Octopus Deploy. Octopus Deploy. What is that? Yeah. So it's a thing <laughs> which you run, <laughs> and it's a, an agent, and it allows you to deploy your bits to machines easily. So let me let me bring okay. this up in. Huh? So that's how I use it. Anyway, that's how it's been used. And it's awesome, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it makes it really easy to then get your the outputs of your build deployed on the various servers that you want them deployed for. You know, So if you want your web application out on, um, you know, like the release management stuff, it's kind of similar to that in a way. Right. But it's, okay. it's different and like you know it's quite lightweight and things and yeah so it's kind of kind of a bit like RM really I guess. Okay, and is it a commercial project, open source? Um, I thought though it is a commercial project because you can get support from them. But uh, mm -hmm. I thought there was an open source element to it. I'm just trying to find it now. Okay. Now 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 you uh, the one I know is the 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 one you buy. But I thought there was something open source. So you let me go look that up actually while I'm doing. It. <laughs> It might be Sorry. no, no, no. It's fine. Well, you can. Uh, no, we definitely. Um, here we go. Purchasing Octoploy. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, but it's like really, you know, lightweight and simple. And you just drop a thing on, and off it goes, and goes and spreads it out across all the different, um, all the different agents that are there. So okay. Um, yeah. And Darcy was posting about it and related to what? Uh, sorry, yeah. He was talking about how you get up, um, how you get uh, TFS 2015 build to actually. <laughs> Um, deploy to octopus deploy how you how you oh. configure those um no i was right here we go here's um a bunch of stuff i'm going to dump this into the show notes again but here are a bunch of um tools for octopus deploy you know a bunch of integrations on their on their github uh uh organization so i'll include those and in including the um octopus 
uh, Team City integration. So if you're using Team mm-hmm. City as your build server, or, or Octopus integrations for TFS stroke VSTS are also up there as well. So and they, this basically tells you how to um, yeah how to configure them, and it's using the MS Build integration to go push the, push the stuff out to Octopus deploy. So you build your ASP.NET application, and then if you want to use Octopus to deploy to deploy it rather than using <laughs> RM, then this post shows you how to how to do that. Got it. Does that make cool. sense? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Totally does. Okay. And this is new build. Yeah, yeah. New MS build. Yep. That's why it's TFS 2015. Yeah, duh. Sorry. It's been a long year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Already. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and speaking of the build stuff as well, the Sonacube guys um, did a new release of their integration. And the the basic thing, so they've, in, they've improved the speed of it now. So, you know, static, the way they're doing the static analysis uh, using mm-hmm. Sonolin, I think it is, uh, is um, it's done uh once during the build process and it's a lot more efficient and so it'll speed your builds up and stuff but um yeah uh duncan did a, a blog post about that uh, from he's based in cambridge actually so um if you want to um read more about that it's on the visual studio alm blog and then we'll put a link into the show notes on that if you're using sonar to do your static analysis and it's awesome the sonar team i signed up to their one of their release feeds and they're fairly aggressive in the uh, amount of stuff and their cadence of releasing that's pretty impressive yeah yep and they have a big um you know they they yeah, it's a very active open source community there as well, so it's cool. So we were talking about release management, mm-hmm. and on Channel 9, Donovan Brown and David Tesser have a new series, Release Management with Visual Studio Team Systems, where they talk about learning how to implement and use release management with VSTS, talking about overview and benefits, service endpoints, builds and artifacts, environments, reporting and visibility. And these are short segments. The longest one is 36 minutes. Most of them are about 15, 16 minutes. If you're looking at release management, want to know a little bit more about it, uh, this is a great series to go to. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, we've talked about <laughs> there's a uh, do you know about the commit strip? Uh, I, don't, I do know about that comic strip. No, I've just seen the link now strip. you put into Thank the show you. notes. The Here thing. we go. Uh, this is a funny one. This is one of definitely one of the one things in my feed that I always look at, and it always makes me laugh because you can tell somebody's been coding a, a true coder on here, uh, commitstrip.com. And they did a recent one where it's uh, four panels and it's talking about, uh, but that's our process. You fork the git clone, clone it, configure your upstream, then you do the checkout, commit, send your files to the request, and you merge into the master, which triggers our webhooks, unit test code checkers before the final merge review, then you request a push to the live side of go live in the next batch of updates, usually in 48 hours. That's the process. And then he's all like, uh, I just need to update one file. Can you just SFTP it up there? Oh, okay, send me your file. <laughs> so, well, that's a bad process. You should be able to update that one file as well within within using the same process. So there we go. But anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this um, post from David Paquette about submitting your first pull request. You guys know I, I am just starting to get Git, and we've talked about pull requests a little bit in the past. Uh, David does a nice long, like lots of pictures, lots of things. Uh, uh, and here's how you do your first PR. Say you are, you know, you want to, you know, commit or, or do you a pull request the build changes in TFS. You want to fix the build agent. You want to do open live writer. Uh, you've got a project you want to submit to it. How do you, how do you do it? And he talks about it from, you know, installing GitHub to, to forking the repo to cloning your fork to your local machine, your local branch, 
you know, all of these things. And it looks like from what I've heard, kind of the quote unquote right way to do stuff or the get way to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, he does things in. He actually does things in a. He does explain it, but it, the the um yeah, the workflow he's got is the correct workflow, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But he uses um he he does it in a slightly he has a different set of tools to the way I do it and stuff. And he's shown you how to do it using GitHub for Windows, which is fine. Um, but it's a very uh, GitHub specific way he's got here. Um, okay. And then there's so obviously VSTS has pull requests as well, and Stash has pull. You know everybody has pull requests kind of nowadays. GitHub certainly invented them though for sure. Um, so um, the way the basic thing that though is you do um, the, the the workflow is just like the commit strip explained. It was perfectly simple in that comic. <laughs> showed us. But you you basically um, take a copy of the re- repository. You fork your repository, and then mm-hmm. you um, you clone your fork down to your machine. So you take a copy of your version of the repository down to your machine right. and then you create a, in a sense um a feature branch is what you can think of it as so you create a feature branch locally you do your change that you'd like to submit in your own little feature branch and then you push that up to the server into your copy and then you send a pull request you say hey i would like the code from this branch over here to go into this branch over here, usually called master. Um, mm-hmm. And then that's the bit of web UI that exists that can show you your request to pull, you know, it's, or request to merge. Um, you can think of it as a merge request rather than a pull request, if that's any easier. Right. And the, the, the pull request is the, in, in a Git-based system, the pull request is the point at which you would do a code review. So that's why when they right. were building code review for, for Git, they didn't build it. They built pull requests for Git. They didn't build, you know, TFEC's got code review. The ex- analogous equivalent, the analogous feature to that in the Git world in BSTS is uh, pull requests. So anyway, there we go. I probably just said pull requests and full, full pull merge fork clone and everyone switched <laughs> off by now. But it's a nice, long, more detailed walkthrough for sure. And yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely good. Uh, you don't need to install Git for Windows if you don't want to, but uh, you can just do it all. Um, if you install the... Um, the GitHub extensions for Visual Studio that I would certainly look at those and then you don't need to leave Visual Studio to do all this stuff. Um, or you can do it all, you know, you do it all from the command line as well, Greg. Why do you need, why do you need to <laughs> No, no, I, I like the clicky. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I'm old. I, you know, I, I turned 50 on the first. So, I, I, you know, I, I grew up oh. with the clicky. So need to do the click. Actually, I grew up with the command Congratulations. line. Congratulations. Anyway. That's a big oh, Thanks. A big year. I turned forty this year as well. It's, uh, we're getting very old, right? Yeah, well, I think I, I've officially. I can now instead of saying, you know, what am I going to do when I grow up? I have to switch over to what am I going to do when I retire? There you go. <laughs> not long now. <laughs> no, not, not only twenty years. <sighs> um. So, uh, Mike Furry has been busy as well over the over the break, and he's done um the community uh, TFS build extensions moved over to GitHub, and he's done a a, um, a XAML build manager. Um, so you can go in and it's available in the Visual Studio Gallery as well. But you can actually go in and, and manage your, you know, your build servers. And there's some, um, you know, UI to do that. Uh, and it's, a, it's an extension into Visual Studio, which is quite cool. Um, and you can, you know, easily trigger builds and manage the build controllers and things. You know, just do a bunch of the stuff with these XAML build controllers direct from Visual Studio rather than having to go out to the the web, which is where most of that, where the UI that Microsoft provide most of that UI is nowadays. 
Exactly. That was I was about to ask that and make make that point. We've talked about how the build stuff has moved to the web. Yeah. And there's no window necessarily in the IDE, but because of the extensibility of TFS and the fact uh, that it uses documented REST APIs. Yeah, exactly. You can he created so it's now back in at least for um you know, triggering a build, looking at the retention policies, drop locations, the templates, the controller, all that stuff. It's just a free, you know, install away. And the source is available for it, too. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, that's probably something that people don't realize. When we say that things have a, a REST API, they have mm-hmm. a REST API, so a SOAP-based API. But those APIs are called by the browser, you know, the web browser. So when you mm-hmm. fire up the web access, as it used to be called, and, and go look at <laughs> your, your VSTS server, the web page then like loads the basic frame of the page and the basic like presentation of it. But then it mm-hmm. uses the REST APIs to go get the data out of TFS and VSO, or VSTS, sorry, and then uses the same REST APIs to do stuff uh, in the server. So those APIs are being called by the browser as well. It's not just an API for extensibility or an API for, you know, Visual Studio. It's the API that the web browser application uses to do everything as well. So, yeah. So there's no secret sauce behind the website. It's 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 eating its own dog food. Yeah, to a very much. Well, there's no secret sauce, you know. Food, now, yeah. um, there is some secret sauce because um, some of the all the web they're all there, um, mm-hmm. but some of them to to make sure that they can deliver features quickly, they'll get the feature working and then what sometimes happens is that they um they'll get the feature shaken down and make sure it's all functional and usually you do that by having it operate you know operational and having live people using it and telling you if it works or not and then once they're happy with the api they go through um, a formal api review process and kind of review the api and make sure it's a good api and Microsoft take APIs very, very seriously. You know, there's a mm-hmm. difference between, like, more seriously than a lot of other companies. We kind of do APIs right, but it, it, it's a pain in a way as well because when people, you know, so we have, like, processes for reviewing APIs and people who are very experienced at reviewing APIs. And so once we've actually know we have all the functionality that we need encapsulated in our API, they'll then review the API and go through the process and maybe even change the API a bit to make it so it's more future-proof and something that they have happy to support forever and Mm -hmm. so that's the difference between the documented apis which have been through the formal review process and actually out there and here you go here's the documentation for them go use them we 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 are going to stand behind this api and then if you were to switch on fiddler and go see what was actually what was happening um it might be coin stuff which isn't documented yet because it hasn't been through that review process you see so yeah so there's no secret source but there is a lag between (laughs) when stuff gets documented and and, and stabilized so it's temporarily secret door it's not not secret because every because you know jenkins is there and the fact that use options to actually make these apis discoverable (laughs) you know so it's not secret but it's also not it's not supported so if you then ring microsoft and say hey i wrote this i wrote a plugin for my company which used this api and i upgraded you know a minor version and it broke um you know please fix that they would say no please fix your code whereas a normal api they actually go no that's a bug if the if the api broke between a minor release minor release you shouldn't break api so that's a bug we'll fix that sorry sir so there you go a, Very good. a lot of inside baseball this week apologies <laughs> I, I, you can tell i haven't been flying lately i'm not horribly jet lagged <laughs> So speaking of extensions, yeah. uh, Victor Rasputnik, 
Rasputnik. Yep. Rasputnik. Do that with a Russian accent. Um, or I hope he's Russian, not like Ukrainian or. Well, he's certainly uh, getting things out in a hurry. But I'm just. <laughs> Anyway, uh, has done another extension as well, another free extension. And this is one that I actually, I, I really like. This is one of the things I find myself doing a lot. I'll be in a solution in Visual Studio and working on it. And then somebody will email me or I'm me and says, where in TFS is this? Huh. Like, oh, I don't know. You know, so you have to find, you know, go up the Explorer and, and I keep my projects pretty much mimicking so it's it's the, the the you know my local to mimic the source control but still it's kind of a pain in the butt he's done this extension uh, tfs ext 15 and one of the great things on it is you, you right mouse click in your solution there is a source control um, context menu and then in that is so show in source control and that one right there is the winner for me. And, and then it will, you, you know, go from that easily copy paste the path from the Source Control Explorer, and exactly. this is for TFVC only as well. Remember, so but yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Didn't that? Didn't we used to have that, or is that something that's in TE? I thought we used to have that, but I don't know. that might have been like in the, like the power thousand and eight or the power tool or something. Yes, you're right. It's been around somewhere. Anyway, but... awesome. Um, so another extension as well, this one from uh, Victor Kapash, is um, we talked to just a little minute ago about uh, TFEC code reviews. And this is a cool little widget that puts a little um, notification into, your men- into the uh, title bar of Visual Studio to tell you when you've got comments waiting on a code review. So, um, you know, you sat there, you, if you've not got your emails coming in or, you know, you've, you, you, you're being productive and you've switched Outlook off while you actually do some real work, um, <laughs> then this will put a little bubble notification, non-intrusively, but, you know, just shows you in your Visual Studio, hey, by the way, you've got some notifications for, for some of your code reviews that you might want to go check out when it is convenient for you to go check them. So I thought it was a really nice feature. There had been some, um, I remember some early mock-ups of them. They've always wanted to do this feature, you know, the team. It was always kind of one of the things that they always wanted to do and has never been done yet. So, uh, you know, kudos to uh, Victor for actually getting it done and, and, and doing it. And the fact he was able to do that is pretty awesome as well. So there we go. Now, the important point on this one is is that one is actually marked as a trial when you get it from... Oh. Studio Gallery, you get 14 days for free, and then you can buy a license. Uh, ah, I mean, like, URL is there, so okay. uh, but still, you, if you have this issue, yep, and you get and you get value from it, yeah, uh, you got to support your local programmer by you know paying for stuff sometimes. How much is it? Do we know? I'm going to it now. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, code reviews. Does even uh, spell check in your comments? Wow, nice. Uh, Ten bucks. Uh, Ten bucks US. Yep. So a couple of a couple of cappuccinos. Yeah, and there's a version for both 2015 and 2013. Cool. So my tip of the day, Mm. my tip of the week, tip of the show, .NET Curry. This is a website. It's a great website, yep. great blog. We've, we've talked about him uh, a few times, haven't we? Did you meet mm-hmm. him at um, the MVP Summit? You know? Oh, God, I don't Probably. know. Probably. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> my brain, the summits, man, I'm always, my brain's always very full from those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've been doing this great true magazine it's a web magazine a webzine whatever you want to call it pdf magazine called dnc magazine dotnet curry magazine and this is i've blogged about it my personal blog a number of times it's actually a very professional looking magazine literally it's like something you would buy off the news rack it's amazing it's off there uh the latest version just came out like today um 56 pages there's even not no downside but there's even advertising in there 
So it's, it's nice formatting, great pictures on it, great topics like this week. They have process customization in Visual Studio Team Systems, an overview of ASP.NET 5, biology modeling for Angular JS, create your own project template in Visual Studio, um, HomePy, Windows 10 IoT app, ASP.NET webhooks. That's just in this month. And it comes out every two months. It's a great magazine. Man, we suck as MVP. Well, I'm not an MVP anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, People are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they are, and that's who's actually doing it. Doing it. Uh, Microsoft MVPs and, and, and uh, industry veterans. Uh, there was an issue with uh, Pete Brown in it, and, and just like, wow, Eric Lipper. Uh, yeah, between this and uh, what the STS bits was it? What was it? What was that thing? I've forgotten it already. Sorry, I should be subscribed to it. The the YouTube videos that were just amazing that we didn't do. Oh, the VSL sprints. Yeah. Between that and this, we suck. God, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it takes us weeks to get a show out, and then they're doing this is amazing. <laughs> this magazine. Anyway, there we go. Go go check That's it out. And I'll have that. We'll have the links in the show notes. And finally, it's not a show if we don't do ALM Rangers. Yeah. Uh, we need a jingle for we'll... Rangers. <laughs> Do a little Pamela. That's an old, uh, sorry, I'm just going through. That's a really old picture of John Skeet they've got as well, because I was, I was chatting to him the other day. So carry on. Sorry, I'm just reading the magazine as we speak. It's funny. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, um, Willie P, they, mm-hmm. they closed out the year with the last deliverable before rebooting into the new year. Uh, even though he posted this on the 4th, it was talking about the December 2015 flash, which kind of makes sense because they do the flash at the end of the, you know, about the previous month in the current month but he's talking about what shipped like the continuous continuous technique a practical guide with concepts and approaches the print cards journal which which i think we've talked about the release management workflow mitigator a number of new videos talking about the print cards the folder management extension the hello email extensions uh, community news talking about the new rangers uh other gems that are happening in the community a number of interesting reads so this is a really nice Really good post to, to close out 2015 for the Rangers. Definitely. And it's been a good, a good year as well. So thanks to everybody on that, in the Rangers as well, for all the stuff that you do. Awesome. Yep. Yep. Well, my friend, I think that's a show. Hey, where should people go to if they want to give us feedback, Greg? Well, they should send us an email at radiotfs at outlook.com, via Twitter at, at radiotfs, Facebook at slash radio tfs voicemail remember i say this every show you guys give us a voicemail and as long as it's not like you know and the, really the voicemail does work because i saw a test message coming from greg on it the other day yep it sure does it's area code one four two five two three three eight three seven nine and all this information is in the show notes as well, so you don't have to worry about writing this down if you're listening to this in the car and you're running or something. Uh, send us a voicemail. Give us a question. Send us an email. And I want to thank you, all, all the people who did send us an email. Really appreciate that, Graham. I'm, talking, I'm looking at you. Willie, you, you sent us an email as well. Um, and next show, we are hopefully going to have, uh, as I talked about it, Jesse Howling Brilliant. is going to be on to talk about TFS Aggregator 2, and that should be in a couple of weeks. And I think that's it. Awesome. Well, great show. Thank you very much for your time. And we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS.